Talk brunch served hot. Talk brunch live. Rick Dyer here, aka Captain Brunch. Being joined as always with his co-host Destin Soglo Frazier. We got fans. Yeah, I felt good, right? The building was nice and packed tonight. That was a beautiful sight. Yeah, indeed it was. Very happy to be here with all of you, and uh, it was actually a pleasant night for pay-per-views and wrestling fans across the globe. Solid stuff happening And thank you to everyone who's joining us This is, for anyone that doesn't know Or hasn't figured it out already This is episode 459 Of Talk Brunch Live We're coming to you May 30th Going into the 31st uh, Sunday going into Monday night This is the AW Double or Nothing 2021 Post Show I'm going to go over everything that's happened this week So far, this is your Memorial Day weekend Happy Memorial Day Everyone, officially we're going to talk about everything that's happened, including the special Friday night dynamite. So that's going to be very interesting. We have clips and stuff to show you, as well as we're going to go over matches and spots. And thank you to everyone that's listening across all podcatcher and podcast apps, including iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, SoundCloud, iHeartRadio, Podcast Addict. Uh, and you know all of the rest. We're also available on our video feeds over on twitch.tv slash talkbrunch as well as facebook.com slash talkbrunch and of course talkbrunch.com being our landing page. Incredible, right? What a week. So, Dynamite wasn't good. I'm going to just tell you that right off the bat. They haven't, they haven't gained momentum there at all. I don't know what to have any other positive way to put it for you or, uh, you know, anything good to say. This is episode 87 of Dynamite. This is what we're going to get started with here. Um, moving to Fridays, I'm just going to say this. I'm not trying to be overly critical, but moving to Fridays. This is your first time on a Friday spot. Okay. And you're, you're, this is your go home show, as they call it in the business, meaning you're, you're showing to make people go, what's going to happen at the pay-per-view? You would think that now would be the time for to have like all all men on deck, and if you did, then you booked it like crap. Because if I'm someone who's especially Memorial Day weekend, if I'm someone who hasn't been in touch with the wrestling business in any capacity, now Memorial Day weekend when people are driving into their folks' houses and you know sitting at the living room for the first time, and there's a chance they might come on, now's the time. For people to land on that show and go, oh, look, Sting. Oh, look, Big Show. I haven't seen Big Show before. Like, I don't remember him or anything. And this couldn't have been more of a jobber stacked dynamite. Like, they stacked it from head to toe with jobbers. I, I couldn't really. I was thinking, now's their chance. And they made it seem like it was a special thing. Not just like, hey, we're moving dynamite over to Fridays because there's a scheduling conflict. It was more like, we're going to have a big weekend. There's going to be some big stuff. And we're going to start with a big Friday night dynamite. So I'm thinking, all right, you know, there's going to be cool to cover and everything. They couldn't have jobber stacked it higher, you know? Yeah. But then when have we seen anybody as of late who's not NXT or SmackDown just kind of phone it in for the go-home show, you know? 
Well, this isn't so like, I though. wasn't surprised anymore. I was just like, eh, well, we're getting the pay-per-view. They, so. they don't have a pay-per-view every month. They have a pay-per-view every season. There's only four seasons. That's four pay-per-views a year. Double or nothing being one of their bigger ones. If you want to go home and you're going to follow SmackDown for the first time on a Friday, you might want just to have a few cool things happen for me to talk about. And maybe my memory doesn't serve me correctly, and there might be, because I do have stuff written here. But I want to go over this program and see what served and what didn't. Starting with the singles match, my Banani has a first name. It's C-E-Z-A-R. I was so with his, to do it too. With his buddies. Uh, what we got here? J.D. Drake. Peter Avalon, who's the only one I know from when he was the librarian, and Ryan Nemeth. I guess that's Ziggler's brother, right? Yeah. Yeah, they come down with a whole army of no names against uh, Darby Allen with Sting. And uh, the finish to this match was Darby going over um, with the coffin dropper. He goes over Banani. There was absolutely nothing special to see here whatsoever. They treat the guy how he looks, like a jobber. You know, he's already in the ring, I believe. I don't even know if he had music. If he did, I couldn't hear it. I just remember him just being there. They just spawned him there, you know. And uh, afterwards, Sting and Darby get jumped by Scorpio Sky and Ethan Page, along with, with uh, the distraction from Banani and the other goons. And the Dark Order, of course, comes out for the save because they save everyone. They're the babyface savers. Rescue 911 of AEW. Uh, what else did we have? We had a weigh-in. This was interesting. So we had a weigh-in with Paul White. Cody Rhodes against Anthony Agogo. I love how you stewed his last name, though. Not Paul White, Paul White. The guy hosting the weigh-in is more over than at least one of the opponents in this instance. I'm more excited to see Big Show in this case. I'm like, all right, we're going to get to see Big Show. How exciting is that, you know? Remember him? <laughs> yeah, pretty sure that was by design. Like, okay, we got to have something else besides Cody. Ooh, Big Show. But the weigh-ins against who's that? You know what I mean? Like, do you really want to have a weigh-in against who's that? And then the best part of it is these guys come out all UK'd up. Let me bring this up on the screen just so that you guys could get an idea of how UK'd up everybody is here. Hold on a minute, because we're still getting our gear ready. The New Jack City was Union Jack City. So look at these guys. Oh. They're holding the flag and shit. Like, they're wearing, they're wearing UK shirts. You know, they're waving a UK flag around. You know, you see they're all completely UK'd up in this. These guys didn't start coming out like that until after Cody did that promo, though. Like, I don't remember there being a bunch of UK things happening where they're waving flags and they're asking, like, Team Canada. I remember it just being a feud where half of the students turned was the focus. QT Marshall was re- reluctant and of being part of them. He was showing reluctance and then they turned. And then suddenly Cody was just like, you know what I love about America? And now suddenly these guys are having UK flags. Did I forget something in the middle of this, the way they designed that shit? No. I don't like remember all of them wearing shit like that before having a UK gimmick at all. I remember him just suddenly being like, you know, what's great about America? And he just started like just singing the Star Spangled Banner and shit. And it was just like, wait a minute. Well, what is this storyline that's happening that here? Promo a little bit better. Yeah. So I don't, I don't even know what the fuck's going on here as far as this goes. But, uh, 
these guys all come out together. And it's funny because a feud that started about betraying the Nightmare family became a U.S. versus U.K. feud. And it's almost like forced. Like almost, it's almost like someone in the back was eating a sandwich. And when you guys know it's Memorial Day weekend, right? We could put a Memorial Day spin on this. And they were like, oh, yeah, yeah, look, there's, evil. He's a, there's a U.K. guy. We can make it U.K. And they were just like, suddenly it all just fits. So they just put it in, you know? It's almost like when you're watching like a Disney movie or a Marvel movie and there's just a scene that pertains to China or being Chinese just because we're currently pandering to that demographic. So no matter what the movie is, we do something Chinese in it. And I know it's the elephant in the room. Nobody said it out loud in anything. We all talk about it. And we all tap dance around it. But let's be real. Go back and look at most of the movies you watch, including shit like Fast and Furious, Avengers, and all of that. They find some excuse to have something. Transformers especially had scenes specifically done where it was like, all right, well, they're going to be fighting, and then they're going to be over here in China fighting, too. <laughs> you the know, like... Had a whole, the, the fucking fourth one had a whole fight scene and a half in China. Yeah, so... They almost blew up China. In the fucking, they had to save China. The, yeah, and now, and now thanks to this post-show and me not having the proper genitalia between my legs, I'm probably going to have to think deeply about this and tomorrow come back on the main show and apologize in a different language. <laughs> but that's another story. <laughs> Is Destiny really gonna no sell that one? <laughs> I almost fucking choked from laughing. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Oh, I, I what? What you the US, say? The U.S. What Is fighting a war on all like, fronts. We oh apologize. We apologizing to China, and then we're and we're battling the U.K. at the wrestling world. What you said in another language. <laughs> Yeah, you gotta, you know, you gotta okay yield. That part. Or you don't believe in bending the knee? No. <laughs> Sometimes you gotta bend the knee, man. Cities will burn. Cities will burn if you don't bend that knee. I'll move. <laughs> you know, something that was developed over time and with finesse and with proper writing is gonna end with shitty CG and fire if we continue down this route. <laughs> It's going to be like, this is really detailed. Where did this plot, what, 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 what happens next in this plot? I'll tell you what happens next. It all fucking burns. Oh, <laughs> the end. And then the curtain just I drops. I died at the fucking beginning of a post show. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> oh, my God. We didn't, almost, we didn't even make it to the fucking pole yet. I almost died. So anyway, they forced this shit on us. They forced this shit on us like a Michael Bates scene in China. You know what and, I uh, about this scene, about this fucking segment, and I'm like, man, the USA really needs to start doing this shit. When fucking Cody weighed in at 218 pounds, he got pyro. You and know, I'm glad him. you reminded me about that. I've never seen somebody successfully make weight and get pyro. Johnny Hendricks would never get pyro if this is the case. Who does pyro for your weight, right? In, in a sport that has never been weight focused. It's fantastic. All right, I'm going to find this spot because one of my favorite things is Big Show couldn't work the scale. Did you catch that? <laughs> like, look at this. That motherfucker couldn't work the scale. That's awesome. I love when shit like that happens. Cody looking impressive physical shape ahead of Double or Nothing coming up this Sunday on pay-per-view. Right. Here's our official weigh-in. Let's see if we can get it here. There we go. Boy, Look yeah, at how long he's there. You're at that 200 mark, Cody. You're at that 200 mark, give or take. You filled out. You look fluffy. Nope. 
You look jacked and shit, you know. Got all that water weight off. Look at you. Is anybody licensed for this sort of job? <laughs> JR. Man. You guys have been moving around. You might help me out a little bit. I didn't have time to invest in a digital scale. It's the best all I could do. Oh, the pain, the pain. He's still trying. He's still out here, man. Cody's still standing there. All right, there. Cody Rhodes. The American dream. I'm going to call this at 218. You should have just whispered your fucking weight in his ear at that point. Right. <laughs> and you hear the pyro? That's what that's just talking about. The fucking pyro for that weight. <laughs> Listen to the reaction commentary. You're up next, sir, if you'd like to weigh in. Fireworks. <laughs> All weekend, Tom. All weekend. <laughs> it's Memorial Weekend on yes. the beach in, in Jacksonville. Right. And, and, uh, was it really just fireworks that happened to be going off while they were there? It's possible. Like, I, I can't think. They couldn't do. They couldn't have done fucking pyro. They couldn't have done pyro it, for Cody Rhodes weigh it, 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 George, to elaborate, any combat sport where you have to weigh in, you get down to the boxers. You know what they should have done to make this even seem more legit of a sport? They should have made it where someone was like a Ow. pound overweight and then had to. <laughs> you read you my mind, Destin. <laughs> I want the real. I want the real vibe of that shit. In my head, I you know you, I've seen it too many times, and in my head, I instantly knew that's where you were going. Yo, especially for the marks that are that never seen that shit before. I'd be like, "What's happening? Oh shit! Oh Take his pants. He's naked under the towel." You know, if this was the 90s, they you could know, capitalize you know, they on that. They think what they were trying to make it look authentic. If this was the attitude era, they would capitalize on that. And then in some future sport, they would have a girl be like a pound of a way. Like, oh, shit, got to lose the thong. <laughs> <laughs> All None we could of think of. Would ever get way on the first try. It was like a broad thong. You know, we're just trying to do, be professional and shit here. We, wanna be, we don't want to treat them different from our own gender. You know, we're trying to <laughs> equal sport here. And the guy got to drop it. <laughs> the guy got to go bottomless on that scale. So, so. <laughs> It'll be like in Harold and Kumar, that one bottomless party. Like, well, really? A bottomless oh, party? Who thought right. of this? <laughs> Don't you bring that shit into my life. <laughs> I've been right since that fucking scene. Like, no, no. Oh, boy. So anyway, yeah, this whole thing happens this way in where poor show and then it keeps going you know i'm going to keep going here because it's fun because he doesn't you would think now all right he knows the scale a little bit he learned that he passed the tutorial <laughs> Not at all. that's what it is it's like in the game all right we showed you on the menus how to get through now we're going to send some monsters in so you would think this time he goes fun event fun team to to, to attend the support yeah. triple a team of the marlins and all right a go-go here comes show a show show complicate this thing it's very volatile right now i love how dustin is ready in the back man he's just eyeing there's the big show dustin that scale rookie. boy look at him go Tony. come on show he's, you know, he's we believe in you you got this young kid yep you know you talked about yeah, going back and forth on sunday somebody in the he's headset told the commentary to talk their asses off you know so they're more vocal this time around <laughs> yeah they like talk about his career defining moment and what this means yeah talk about that's probably literally what they said in his ear and he and 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 fucking excalibur sinners he just repeated it they were like talk about cody's and he was like yeah talk about cody because <laughs> he heard him say that shit just now <laughs> look out look. oh my god dude even us talking was excessive for that weight even matchup here. 
All I know is side note, Stacey, you both be fucking lying in chat room. Yeah, and it's funny because when this started, Big Show tried to sell the heel, like, you know, or, oh, you know, you're, you're not tough enough to come out here by yourself. And it's like, no, Big Show. And weigh-ins, generally, these bad guys come out with their whole team. And then to make matters worse, after you say that, Cody comes out with way more people. I don't know half those dudes. There was like, there's so many people that Big Show, I would have had a better chance. I could have helped Big Show with the scale if he could have helped me figure who the fuck was in Cody's corner. <laughs> I'm like, dude, let me. If I'd have been in the crowd, I'd been like, dude, I'll put my mask on. Let me get up there and have a scale. If you can figure out who, it's more challenging to figure out who the fuck those people are than to get the scale. Where the scale is basic. Who are they? <laughs> like, Cody has an entourage, man. That shit is like when Mayweather comes up. I'll have everybody here wait in before you tell me who the fuck everybody is. This is the first time that I ever seen like a white guy get on the scale. And he has me looking through his entourage to see if Mayweather's father's out there. That's your official weigh-in. Like is, is Mayweather's dad out there somewhere? Oh you like you got everybody. Cody Rhodes, the American Dream. No, nobody. Two hundred and eighteen pounds. Ah, oh, this was the shit stuff. Anyway, Big Show not being able to work the scale, hilarious, unbelievable. He says I'm dead ass. You better be fucking joking with me. Stop playing with me right now. <laughs> yeah, I saw. I'm scared to look it up. I won't do it. <laughs> Oh, man, that's too funny. Anyway, moving along. You had, uh, what was next? Powerhouse Hobbs, who winds up jumping Christian Cage, right? But it winds up, it's funny, because he's such a big, strong guy. Stacey's mind me, he looks like the bully from freaking uh, House Party. <laughs> and, uh, I was like, yeah, I look, I was like, oh, shit, you're right. But anyway, he winds up getting his ass kicked for the majority of it. You know, they do like a bit of a pull-apart, but Christian really kicks his ass there. Uh, Joey Janela... First time I've seen him in a while. Sonny Kiss, first time I've seen him in a while. We have Adam Page out there. That's the match that they have. Yeah, there's uh, actually a rematch of uh, their match at All In back in 2018. I have to say the highlight of this match, and I've said this a few times, and this the highlight of this match was commentary. Yeah. And the reason why I say that it was commentary is because if you look at commentary in this, there were some points. Listen, just listen to some of this banter here. We'll be forced to disband. I like this scene. Janela get some steam on Hangman right here. I like this. This helps Brian Cage. Not that he needs help going into this Sunday night. Well, he needed help to beat Hangman the first time. Well, no. I mean, that, that, listen, it wasn't complete help. I mean, come on now. I mean, jeez. So we're gonna be well, he attacked him before the bell and he powerbombed him on the ramp. Well, okay. that happens. I mean, you got yeah, to forget, forget it. Forget it. Come on. You can't carry that with you. I don't want to I don't want to really take your side here. Who's he? Oh, man. I don't want to really take Taz's side here, but Taz is right. You do what it takes to win a match. Thank you, sir. Okay. See that? And JR knows the sin. Excalibur, you're just argumentative. JR and Shivani, they understand that. You're a very argumentative, hooded man. Quarrelsome. You know, <laughs> you guys have, since being together on Dark, you guys are like at each other's throat all the time. You I realize that Excalibur's yet to thank me once for the rub. Here we go. Here, that old one, two. Well, I would thank <laughs> him every day. Kills me on That's what I would do. I would just say, you know, Taz, I bow in your direction. <laughs> yeah, next thing you know, you'd be wanting a push. Yeah. <laughs> God's sakes. <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> Big right hand, the knuckle arrow delivered. Listen to this, Taz Barry's Joey. Crashing into the face of Hangman Page. Janela's got himself in good shape. Yes, he's, he's dropped some LBs since the last yeah. time I saw him. You right. definitely invest in a t-shirt while he's wrestling, though. And some underwear oh. that's black. Okay. Oh. I mean, you're wearing black tights, you got green underwear. What, what the hell are we doing here? Well, you're the bad boy, right? Okay. Not on the indies oh. anymore, Joey. <laughs> We're not in the Indies anymore, Joey. Member of Team Taz, apparently. <laughs> we have matching underwear. And commentary only again internationally. 
A lot of folks internationally watching our pay-per-view Sunday on the fight app. That's so funny. Oh, I loved it. Live wow. on and of course, now they're back-to-back to being professional. I just love the banter in between on those commercial breaks. Man, he said Janela needs to get matching underwear. We're not in the Indies anymore, Joey. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, you know what the best part about it is? We won't hear tomorrow that he got fired from that spoiler for fucking Monday. Oh, man. Fucking <laughs> Taz is unreal on commentary. Like, that motherfucker. Oh, like, I find myself sometimes watching Dark now just to hear him because it's yeah, so right. fucking funny. Like, Rough German here. Just wanted to show you this. In the mouth of Hangman Adam Page from those big right hands from Janela. Janela. Oh! oh. oh. Yeah, he was. I think he was supposed to hit that bottom turnbuckle, but being Joey Janela and all, he wound up missing that shit. And I don't know if that's what busted open Paige or not, but Paige was, got color. Yeah, Paige got opened up. Yeah, like something happened. Let me see if I could uh, bring it up here. You can see it best during the finish, which, by the way, finish was a buckshot lariat. Powerbomb, the pop-up powerbomb. Janela in real trouble here. There goes the hot dog. His oh head's God. bleeding. Yeah, he split his head open. Got a physical matchup here, ladies and gentlemen. Bam! Box shot, Larry. Oh. Yeah, nasty split there. Anyway, Mox and Kingston have a promo. I like that they refer to their opponents as Rod and Todd Flanders. I see that reference. I see you. That shit. I, oh, I I laughed so hard. I didn't even hear the rest of the promo, so I had to watch it again. Yeah, that was something else. And then you got freaking, you have uh, Don Callis on the screen so that Kenny Omega can have an ambush on Pac, which essentially goes failed. And we want nothing to do with you, so I'm not going to come out there. But, oh, look at this, Kenny Omega. A cheap shot, but Pac was ready for it with explosive offense. A man that could be the next AEW world champion. And, oh, look at this, the Good Brothers. And then here come the Good, good Brothers. brothers. Got Gallows. Rich Wong, that's what happened. The reinforcements for Kenny Omega, the AEW World Champion. The AEW World Champion's always got a plan. That's why many consider him the best in the world. And, the other and then, of course, you got the rest of Death Triangle who run off the heels here. And now... Uh, and uh, Omega goes for the one-winged angel on Pac. Orange Cassidy comes out. He he winds up on top, of course, because they want to end off with their licensed music. Yeah, no. Uh, what else do you have yet? Singles match, Killian King against Jade Cargo with Mark Stellar Sterling, who she chose as her manager over Matt Hardy, who throws a tantrum. Jade Cargo, she essentially, is she hitting the glam slam? Is that what I'm seeing? Yeah, she uh, delivered her version of it. Yeah, got Frankie doing it too, right? Yet, but... hey, what? You got Frankie doing it too. Yeah. Well, see, I know Frank. I know Frankie's had that move for a while. She uh, but she was still tired of Valkyrie. She called the road to Valhalla. But yeah, yeah, well, pretty much. You know, it fits her better. But that's a story for another day. You get to see the new women's belt. Kawashita unveils where they award her. This is like her year celebration, right? Yeah, because tonight, uh, tonight basically she had won her title a year a year earlier. Right. The exact same pay-per-view, so. A little celebration for Sheena. I didn't find this title to look that different, did you? Um, I mean, the only real difference is rather than it being silver, it's more of a, it's a gold-plated belt now. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it was bigger. Like, it's sprucing up the original design. Yeah. Well, it also look, it looked, I don't know, maybe it was at the angle. Right I was looking at it, it looked like it had to be. 
receiving the new AEW Women's World Championship belt. Yeah, she did. So deserving. Always a smile on her face. Represents the company. Yeah, that's a bit of a difference there that you just see. You just wish she had a locker room full of citizens. And she said it's her it's her dream to defend the AEW Women's World Championship in front of a sold-out crowd in front of the packed arena, something that she's never gotten to do in her world. Well, anyway, there you go. There's a hoop else. I'm going to give another quick glance if anyone wants to look here. Anything else happening on that Ethan Page? Scorpion Sky. Look, I remembered his name because I had it on the card here. Against the Dark Order's Evil Uno and Stu Grayson. But guess what? The match, I remember his, his name. I don't remember the finish. So that's how I'm interested. This guy's like a curse for me. Don't know what happened. Don't yeah, care what he happened. delivered Eagle's Edge uh, for the win. All right. Fair enough. You get the Inner Circle Celebration with Eric Bischoff. Probably the highlight of the night because honestly, what was that it for matches? Did we we go over matches already? Uh, well, no, we had uh Miro had a match against uh Dante Martin and uh, put his TNT title up for grabs, but obviously Miro. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He go he he takes him out with his with his kick and stuff. You know what? I'm glad you reminded me of that. I'm so glad that you reminded me. Did you see the fan during that? Let me see if I could bring this fan on screen now. What was that? What was that shit with the fan? Am I, I supposed know. to know him? Let me see if I could find this. People are like, why are we looking at a fan? It's because that's how awkward it was. Why'd you look at Taker guy? Yeah. Okay, it's around here. Look at this. It's just like this sudden fucking extreme close-up of a fan. What a brain buster that was. Right after the kick. Like, right after the kick. How much force behind that? Oh! Oh, That thrust kick right on the jaw of Dante Martin. You know what? What the fuck was that for? That's exactly what I was saying when I said, who's he? <laughs> we'll, save, we'll, we'll save him for Monday. He can't believe it. Is he a lot? <laughs> That's the face when you see the end of fucking Infinity War. <laughs> Tell me I'm wrong. Tell me I'm fucking wrong. I don't know what was going on with that. But I'm glad that, you reminded me of that match. I don't know how I... Found out. That is a man who still doesn't believe it's not butter. Mm-hmm, yeah. But yeah, you reminded me of a few other things. And then they had like this pull apart. We get a little bit ahead here. I don't want to jump too far ahead. But you had the this pull apart. Here, here they go. Oh, Miro going for the head Archer. Uh, the big goozle. And the look of fear on Miro's face. Miro escapes in the referee corps, trying to restrain these two behemoths. Man, it's a pure six. They, they let this guy get a big boot in first, and then, the, and then they're successful afterwards at the pull apart there. So, you know, that's just to get heat for the pay per view. And nobody uh, wanted to volunteer to be the one to take that boot to their face. So. And then the one highlight you did get the inner circle celebration, which was cool. If you haven't seen it, I that's highly recommend though. that you go back to it, though. The highlight confused me. Dean Malenko gets kidnapped. I don't know what he has to do with this feud, but you know what I mean? I feel like it's because maybe it's like the long term friendship with Jericho, and they just want to fuck with Jericho again. Oh my god! Switch it up. Look at this! Like this is such a funny shot. Chris, you and your boys better rush down to the stadium right now before I make the Iceman over here extra cold. Dean Malenko. They ran for him, man. They ran like if that was Master Splinter and they were the turtles. Like, what the fuck is going on here, you know? Like, everybody was in full sprint when it cut back to them. They had no time to waste. Fucking booked it. 
they were just heading out there. And then they, the commentary is trying to sell it as uh, one of Jericho's closest friends being the Malenko. And I was thinking to myself, really stink on Malenko? The list of a hundred and whatever moves and beating up his brother and messing with him and all that. Like the whole feud that he had with Malenko, one of the most popular feuds in wrestling, I'm going to say one of his good friends. You know, like, come on, work the gimmick. The inner yes. circle. And, and Look, they got to go, man. Malenko's in trouble. He needs a... He's out of wrestling. He's retired. He cannot compete any longer. And now they're running out towards the stadium here. Inner circle sprinting towards TIA. Go, go, inner circle. Oh, oh, look at that. From behind. <laughs> when it was an ambush, it was a trap. Head, you bastard. I can't fucking it, believe. It's a trap. <laughs> <laughs> This was real. All I hear is go, go, inner circle. You motherfucker. You know, they say Disney wants to buy WWE, but it's like AEW is a better candidate. You know, this shit can write itself. Mind it's a trap. Oh, oh, my God. Oh, the, the guy, the bad guys, the good guys got am, ambushed by the bad guys. It was a trap. It was a trap. They took the old man to get the heroes to come out of hiding. They should have had. <laughs> they should have had that scene of Malingo going, it's a trap. <laughs> he has the voice for it, right? It's a trap. Oh. <laughs> Don't listen to him, guys. It's a trap. Don't listen to him, guys. Don't listen, guys. It's a trap. Show the personality dream. I am. It's a trap. Jericho. No. Tony, it's an ambush. An ambush. Sean Spears. Wardlow. Cash Wheeler. Dax Harwood. And MJF is just they do, this assault. They do a very good job, though. I'll give them credit for building up heat for the pay-per-view. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then Blanchard this spot and, uh, brings MJF. it home. Oh! They set a trap here. And it's working like a champion. The, the trap is working. It and they're getting the licks in. And they're going to have the advantage. There's no question. They're going to have an advantage now coming up on Sunday night. Because they're trying to take him apart right now. Oh, no. Look at this. Oh, dangerous spot, it. though. Very dangerous here. Oh, no, no, I would, no, I would no, not recommend this. The They'll break their neck. Yeah, I have a lot of trust oh, in somebody to do this shit. They cannot. Here we go. Come on, guys. I don't know if I trust any of my friends. Oh, oh, my oh. God. Rough. Very rough stuff. And that's, how, that's how they go home. I thought it was a bad show for a pay-per-view. Like I said, jobbers and unknowns in every match. And yeah, then the Inner Circle. Show, it's like that. Yeah, and then the Inner Circle thing did it. That was well done. Like that whole ending. The Inner Circle is the ended best thing good. about uh, AEW. Ended very well. They saved the best for last, clearly. Uh, just because everyone there is entertaining individually, like in both stables. So. But it's just unfortunate right. that most not, of the stuff before nothing, that. There's not one person in that stable that isn't entertained just on their own. Yeah, and like I said, it's just unfortunate that the people before that didn't have that, you know? Like, everyone else was just, like, a lot of jobbers and stuff. Yeah, I know. So that brings us to the pay-per-view, folks. We're finally yeah, here. Yeah, Which we had a buy-in match. We've already shared that to our social media if you guys want to check out the entire thing. The buy-in show itself. Uh, very all, good. I mean, mm-hmm. Just to see those cameras come on and to see a fully packed daily's place yes that that was very incredible the fact that, that the daily's that place brought a level of joy the whole night 
Yeah, the, the one of the most, I'm not going to lie about that, one of the most exciting things to see in this entire thing was being able to see the Daily's Place and being able to see the fans pack it like that once again. This is probably one of the first times that we've seen an event able to do something like that. So kudos to them for that. And you, you know? can see throughout the night through whether it be wrestlers during their entrances, just certain things, it brought a new level of excitement to everybody. Yeah, no, it definitely did. Absolutely. So once again, having that energy that I think in the long run is going to be something that absolutely helps the fans and helps them. So that being said, this is a late edition. We're probably not going to get accurate results, but it is the NWA World Women's Title match. This was Serena Deeb defending her championship against Riho. 57% of you that voted saying Riho's going to, uh, Serena Deeb's going to retain. 43% pretty close vote here saying Riho with the upset. I don't know why you would think that. She's going to come off the plane and rewind the title. Correct, because what was it? A deep single leg Boston Crab. Yeah, it was a, it was a knee. A, a, the shreds, Riho submits. Yeah, it was that knee driver, I think, right into the into the canvas. She drives her and yeah. then uh, followed by the serenity lock. Oh, yeah. Uh, and yeah, this was this was very interesting stuff. This this had uh, I did like Serena with that inverted gory special. Uh, unfortunately, she had a six one nine. Her six one nine doesn't look good. Not needs to stop doing that. Um, Serena had that ma- that that magic Katami, aka the octopus lock that she applied very well. Uh, also, Riho reversing the that front chancery into the Northern Lights, and then Rio missing the stomp on the apron, and Serena hitting her with that dragon screw between the ropes and the spinning neckbreaker for that nice false finish. I thought was very solid stuff. Uh, yeah. Really cool, nice sequences yeah, between um, these two. One one thing I definitely loved was uh, because Serena hit a dragon screw early on in the match, and that basically it kind of was. It was an early nail in the coffin because one of uh, Riho's trademark things is she has that double foot stomp, but she hits it multiple times. Mm-hmm. And yeah. the fact that she was only on one good wheel, she could hit it once, but it would deaden her for a good portion of the match. And then she'd have to try to do it again. And it was bad because you could see Riho's like, shit, I have to hit this move more than once because I'm so small. I can barely get this off one time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which was wild, you know, very special stuff yeah, going on. Very there. Smart I think I think this um you don't see anybody really go for her legs like that. Yeah, and you know what? This match wasn't phoned in. That's one thing that I have to say about it. The girls actually did a really good job here. And uh you know, they showed off really good stuff with all of them. You know, normally when you get a, a kickoff or a buy in or whatever, a pre show match, it's not as solid as this was. This is something that I think would sell a pay per view. So it served its yeah, purpose. This, this wasn't meant just to put some jobbers on just so they could say they were in the pay-per-view arena. This was like, no, we're about to get everybody warmed up for double or nothing. Yeah, exactly. So, good, good for them. That's how you're supposed to do. Mm-hmm. I wish I had the, uh, I wish I had the kickoff in front of me, just because they even went as far. They used WWE's promo package. They did the whole "Are you ready to go?" Oh, and showing the fans and shit. It was like, "Are you kidding me right now? Like, really? You guys just ripped that off like that? Are you ready to go?" <laughs> like, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure that that was specifically WWE, wasn't it? I mean, they're the they're the only ones I've seen use it, but oh no! Well, on that kickoff, you didn't see when they did that shit on the kickoff. Oh no, no, no! I, I saw them do it, and I was just like, oh. I was like, wait a minute, this this looks really familiar. Are you ready to go? <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Anyway, on to the on to the matches here. We got to the official start of the show with being 
started with a singles match of Brian Cage being accompanied by Taz against Adam Page. 68% of you saying Adam Page is going to go over here with 32% saying Brian Cage. Finish being Ricky Starks with a hook showing up to us to assist uh to assist and i believe it was starks who throws a belt to cage so that he can use it his fbw title yeah and he throws it back unwilling to this is going more into i guess that slow burn they've been doing of him turning babyface ultimately specifically had said uh earlier earlier in the bill that he he can basically beat beat um adam page by himself right Ultimately, he winds up getting distracted by his conflict with his allies, and he gets taken out with the buckshot lariat. Buckshot the shit out of him. Mm-hmm. Definitely did. Uh, so what were your thoughts on this match? I mean, I enjoyed the match. I mean, what else have we, what else can we say that we haven't said about Adam Page? The guy's freaking fantastic. I like, I, I, I've, I've always been a Brian Cage fan as long as I can remember. First of all, I love the intro outfit. I haven't seen him use the Terminator outfit in a long time. But um, yeah, this what made this so much more fun was to hear the crowd react to some of the stuff that happened. Like I know um, Paige hit a suicide dive and then tried to go for a plancha. It got immediately caught and then power bombed into the um, into the ring post. And yeah. it was so much more enhanced to hear the crowd react to that spot. Yeah, and I like the sequence that we just showed him. We're going to replay it again, where it looked like freaking Cage was going for the buckshot Larry, and ultimately he winds up getting screwed over, and freaking right. Paige hits him with the fireman's carry, essentially with the F5. Which, that's it's, that's one of my favorite things about Brian Cage. That man looks like, that man looks like, a that man looks like the guys you see in Strongmans, and can move better than some of the cruiserweights. Mm-hmm. That's going to be a scary thought to me, to see a guy that, I think, <laughs> one of my favorite things JR said he was like that guy would be that guy would be a a, a a football coach's dream as a linebacker because he's big but he's fast. Yeah, yeah, he is. And that movie so, hits him with that's essentially his move, right? So he winds up going in for Adam Page's move and getting hit with his own shit. Yeah, yeah. He um he he utilized the cyclone, so that's actually kind of. Yeah, I like that a counter a stolen finisher countered into a stolen finisher. That's something that try cool. to hit me with my shit. I'm going to hit you with my with your shit. Yeah, also Adam Page with the very nice moonsault to the outside. I kind of wish Team Taz was out here, but this is the turning point of the match here. Well, Taz, I, we mentioned that the, the Double or Nothing Wayans yesterday as part of the Fan Fest. Wait, wait, wait. Oh, my God. Oh, moonsault by Hangman. A moonsault from the heavens. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Always looking good doing that kind of stuff. I mean, how we've seen him doing it in handcuffs. Right. <laughs> But I agree yeah. with you. Cage looks like an animal with those Germans and power bombs and everything. He really, he really, uh, he serves his purpose. I'm not gonna lie about that. Yeah, I mean, I've, yeah. It's, I've always found it interesting that AEW um strays more away from his high flying stuff. I mean, it works, but I definitely think in the future I want to see a little bit more of that because people who are seeing Brian Cage for the first time in AEW, they don't understand the frightening level of athleticism this guy has. Yeah. Yeah, like he never really does. Very impressive. Perfect topes and shooting stars and everything. Like it's. Mm-hmm. 
All right, next we have the AEW World Tag title match. The Young Bucks, Matt and Nick Jackson defending the championship against Eddie Kingston and John Moxley. Eddie Kingston and John Moxley voting results coming in at 80%. I feel partially like responsible for that influence. Mm-hmm. The Young Bucks, Matt, uh, uh, Matt and Nick coming in with 20%. And guess what? You Most of us are wrong because this ends with multiple BTE triggers. They BTE trigger him to death. Literally, to so death. how they did it. They hit one and Moxley is barely conscious. The lights are flickering. They hold him up and they decide, no, we're just going to kill him. And they hit him with three more. So it's like, it's not even like he kicked out of the first one. Like, no, they were just like, nope, three more. Very heelish of them. Very, very heelish. So, uh, and Mox has a Sandman moment. He drinks a beer in the crowd and bangs the can against his head and shit. Yeah, like a free, full, everything except the, everything except the Metallica music was involved in this. Right. That's all he was missing was Enter Sandman. Because unlike some people, Tony Khan would have bought it for him. Yeah, poor Brandon Cutler's out there as fodder. He ends up getting taken out by them. That poor boy. Eddie Kingston hitting a suicide dive. I don't think I've seen him do that before. Yeah, no, Eddie Kingston is wild out there. And Mox took a lot of punishment also. He takes a freaking entire super kick party by himself, which, of course, that's another, I guess you would consider it a false finish during this. Mox's head was unprotected. And now the super kick party begins. That's it. The cover, the hook of the... Oh, oh my God! One more hit kicked out. No point. With a surge of adrenaline, of energy, of passion. Look, those blue eyes, that banner is ready to go. Yeah, it got color. We said it early. We said it off. That looks like a man. That's because he got beamed in the head with a can. Yeah, um, they sprayed... Uh, they sprayed that cooling spray in his eyes and then beating them on the head with the can and they opened them up. Mm-hmm. So, that's when Anderson... Yeah, one thing, um, mm-hmm. a little bit of, um, I don't even know if they call it storytelling, psychology, or maybe it's just like a shoot, it'll shoot uh, old injury, but I had noticed a couple of times uh, Eddie Kingston went to his leg, and I've seen, even from watching when he feuded with Kevin Steen back in ROH, that his legs always kind of giving him problems. Yeah. It could have been for the match, or maybe he did have an actual issue with it. Yeah. Also, the like we were talking about before, the, the run-ins here with the Good Brothers, Kazari and all of these guys definitely Individual had their hand in things. Look at this crying out loud. Carl has seen enough. As if that means anything, yeah. Don. Oh, Tony, Tony. Oh, look at that. Kingston just took out Doc Gallows. Yeah. Doc Gallows was trying to sneak in the back door. Doc He's... Gallows had done nothing wrong. And look at this. Frankie Kazarian. The elite hunter, Frankie Kazarian. He's seen enough. Kazarian, who has had his team with Christopher Daniels, ended. Mm-hmm. So this is all, all kinds of crazy. Yeah, yeah. There was there there were some beatings taken on this. <laughs> also, Mox taking that Melsa driver on the ramp. Oh, that that sound. I know that's ninety percent. I know that's probably like fifty percent of his head, fifty percent of Buck's knees. But Jesus Christ. Whoa. Yeah, no, that was some brutal shit. Also, uh, I I called this Moxley and Kingston uh, with the Shoes Day device. Yeah, oh, what 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 did they call it? Commentary the Doors Day device. Yeah, well, I want to show you the Melzer driver first on the ramp because that was brutal. But then I go with the Shoes Day device after that. Oh no! Melzer driver on the ramp. Uh-huh. I think a spot just opened up on the roster. Melsa driver on the ramp. <laughs> yeah, they beat the shit out of each other in this match. 
Yeah, no, that's some brutal stuff right there, man. Of course, these guys are always going to have the biggest highlight reel with all the things that they do. Right. You know, like, you can't help that. You got to trust them with their wild spots. Exactly. And I feel like there's like an even extended level of freedom when it's freaking John Moxley and Eddie Kingston. Yeah, I got to get that. Give me a minute here because. Oh, yeah, the fucking doors they device. Probably the, I saw them go up for it and I was like, no fucking way he's going to do that. It's the shoes the Ace device. I almost want that to be. You know what I'm saying? It's like part of me wanted that to be the finish. It's like we stole your shoes and then beat you with said shoes. <laughs> it's fucking oh great. God. Here you go. Kingston with Matt Jackson up on the shoulders. Moxley. He's got the shoot hand. Oh, God. Call it a Dior's Day device and call them new champions. <laughs> I like Shoes Day's device better. Yeah. You know, I, guess, I guess it's only Save because the day. Focused, you know, even the Bucks have been focusing so much on that particular brand. Like these aren't regular shoes. They're Dior's. Yeah, no. Call it the Shoes Day device. It rhymes with Doomsday device. <laughs> yeah. You know, that's what it's always going to be to me. It's going to be like when Naomi used to win matches and we used to call that the ass to mouth. <laughs> What's more shocking that we used to call it the ass to mouth or that she used to win matches? <laughs> right. If you look at the you landscape know, nowadays. This is the first time you bled since the barbed wire match. What are you talking about? <laughs> Come on now, man. But no, this match was, this match was so fun. And uh, Nick Jackson, I hate to... I mean, it's come up before it's the elephant in the room, but damn, is that hair going? Yeah. <laughs> like, it looks like his bald head is wearing a cape now. Like, you dude, know? I know you got kids, but damn, man. Like, he's looking like he went for the Stephen Strange look from the neck up, you know? Stephen Strange from the neck up? Oh, my God. Now I can't unsee it. Like, his hair's starting to look like a base in an RTS game when you're facing an Asian guy. Like, it's to the point where it doesn't matter what he clicks on. This is a losing battle. You know, that shit is hanging on for dear life, man. It's unbelievable. Dude, at one point, Moxley goes for the paradigm shift, but his cape was too slippery. Like, I'm dead serious. He doesn't encounter it into the fucking Boston Crab. Dead ass. He went for that paradigm shift and his cape, it did like the Stephen Strange one. It went, no, and it fucking helped him counter. Get the fucking check from the Incredibles. No cape. <laughs> it was a plan all along. When he goes for that paradigm shift, my cape's going to help me slip him right into that crab. And then freaking right at that moment, Excalibur was like, Moxley has lost a lot of blood. And I'm still thinking not as much hair as Nick's lost. <laughs> you ain't shit. You they were hitting that motherfucker with headbutts. I was thinking, those headbutts must have an attack buff versus Nick. <laughs> Use your titanium cape. He <laughs> 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 blocks bullets and foreheads. He's going to have to do like, uh, what the hell was the name of that team that used to be in Ring of Honor that used to look all pretty and then they came back mean? The Bravado Brothers. They're going to have to do like those guys. Remember them? And have to come back bold and angry. Wrestlers hate when they have to go for bold and angry, right? Oh, Jesus. Okay, I got to change the name from the Young Bucks to the Midnight Crisis Bucks. Give him a good story to be angry. You know, set him on fire. Now he's angry, flaming Nick. <laughs> the old Bucks, I don't think that's going to work. No. No, don't, 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 don't y'all do that. Good God, that was immediately for comic relief. Don't you fucking do it. Yeah, you definitely want to, don't want to do that. Oh, my God. But, yeah, fucking Moxley and 
Kingston hung in there with probably one of the best tag teams in the freaking world. Like, holy crap. I mean, Moxley and Kingston are fucking veterans in this. You know what I mean? They also, uh, the yeah. Young Bucks also hung in there with two veterans. Yeah, but it's like, it's kind of like I said on Monday. I think just the fact that, like, where the Bucks have been consistently teaming for God well over a decade has to be. And Eddie and Kingston, and Eddie and, um, I almost said Eddie and Kingston, Eddie and Moxley have just recently kind of rekindled that friendship. So it's like they have not teamed together for that long and just hung in there with a tag team that at one point had what, like four or five belts at the same time. Like, yeah, that says something about those two. <laughs> you know what, man? There was a point where I forgot Eddie Kingston was in this match, though. It was just like there was so little Eddie Kingston, you know, like there were point when he was he was just like right there in the corner. I'm just like get to the corner already. Holy shit. It's like he didn't really come in for much very hot of a tag either. That corner for a while. Yeah, a lot of this match was Mox just just eating it, you know? Anyway, moving on, we have the Casino Battle Royale. This had a bunch of people in it. I did not like this. I'm going to get into why, but it had Matt Hardy, Christian Cage, Dustin Rhodes, Cole Cabana, Matt Seidel, The the Blade, Stu Grayson, Evil Uno, QT Marshall, Pentel, Cero Miero, uh, Powerhouse Hobbs, Mark Quinn, Jungle Boy, Anthony Bowens, uh, Nick Camarado, Isaiah Cassidy, Griff Garrison, Brian Pillman, Matt Caster, Max Caster, uh, 10, Lee Johnson, a bunch of people. That being said, voting results came in with Christian Cage being the top pick with 33%, Stu Grayson with 23%, Pentel, Cero Miero with Brian Pillman, uh, I mean with 13%, Brian Pillman with 12%, 10 appropriately with 10%. And uh, QT Marshall with 9%, winner being Jungle Boy with no one voting for him. <laughs> so that'll teach you. You know, have more faith in the boy. He has that. He's <laughs> like, like a fucking soccer coach. Have more faith in the boy. He has that Perry blood running through his veins. I was happy for him. Don't forget that. That kid's been in AEW since day fucking one, pretty they much. Have big, they have big plans for him. And you know what? In the future. We're going to need a happy ending and a legacy hero because not to get too morbid, but for all of you old school 90210 fans, you have the potential to look forward to a post-pandemic world where both Brenda and Dylan are dead. So, root for fucking Jungle Boy. Wow. I know you said more of it, but damn. Think about that. It's the love story of the 90s. Don't fuck it. No, no you shut the fuck up. Don't you do that shit to me. That's like the second worst thing to being like if Zach and Kelly weren't around. You'd be like, man, man. It's fucked up. You put that evil in the universe, you stop it right now. <laughs> oh, I hope not. I'm praying for it now. I'm just saying that post-pandemic world sucks. I want Jungle Boy to win. Right, no, we yeah. want the Perry name. We want the Perry name to go on. Fuck it. Yeah, at this point, let's be real. Fucking, we already lost Paul Mooney. So, Stasis is like, I already killed Adam's horse for her because we're jumping a little bit ahead here. But yeah, she didn't realize she kept looking forward to a horse for the stadium stampede or for wherever. She just thought at some point this guy, because he's not in the stadium stampede, she just thought he'd have a horse at some point. But she forgot that his horse, Hunter Horse Helmsley, he died last year. Not too long a couple after of years ago. stadium stampede. Yeah, it was the stadium stampede. At, uh, was it all out? It was no, a that different was pay-per-view. Nothing. That was a double nothing as well, I think. No, I don't think so. I think the first stadium stampede was it a double nine? I'm, I'm pretty sure he died after all. Uh, if you look up, just look up Hunter Horace Helmsley. Yeah. His death, his death will come up. I'm pretty sure it was 2019, and it was after not not double or nothing. It was something else. But uh, yeah, no horse this time. It could be because he didn't want to replace Hunter Horace Helmsley. I don't know. 
Yeah, it could be. Sometimes like it might have like a sentimental thing for him. So. Anyway, let's finish this battle where we could talk about that in a little bit. I don't I was gonna go into the whole order. I mean, obviously we start off with Christian and Matt Seidel and Powerhouse Hobbs, Dustin Rhodes is out there. This thing was just like I don't really understand what the point of the way this is structured is, aside from it to come out like shit, to be completely yeah. honest with you. <laughs> Which was like, a confirmation it actually was uh, double or nothing when the first one was. Oh, but, it yeah, was. Um, yeah, this. Here's the thing that I haven't, that I, I don't like about this particular Valor app. It's the whole, I mean, amongst other shit, it's that whole thing where it's like, whatever suit comes up, multiple wrestlers come out at the same time. Because mm-hmm. then, like, it, it's so unusual for me. Like, it's just weird to see. What do you mean by whatever suit comes out? So like um the, the, um everybody's grouped in in different um card suits, and when they pop it up on the screen, whichever one comes out, that particular group of wrestlers shows up. That's what I thought. It was a card base, which is why they showed the card on the screen. Yeah, but sometimes people who were in a tag team would come out together, but then people who were in a tag team would also come out separately because of that. Yeah, that was that was kind of that was weird. That was like, cause that that's why I went um private party. They came out separately, but yet Varsity Blondes came out together. And by the way, I just looked it up. E-Wrestling News. I'm going to link you guys in the chat room. I'm going to have the bot throw it on there. E-Wrestling News said, Hangman Adam Page tweeted the following, revealing that his horse, Hunter Horse Helmsley, has passed away. Otherwise known as Stoney, died this past week in Wisconsin. The horse appeared at AEW's All Out pay-per-view event okay, so several months ago. Okay. Yeah. See, I had a feeling it wasn't it wasn't double or nothing. And then it shows the pictures of the horse. Well, these whores on the internet lied to me. But, yeah. <laughs> But yeah, so that could be why he didn't have a horse. Who knows? Yeah. It's kind of funny because there was a spot that happened when we get to the stadium stampede. That's instantly where I thought I was like, oh, this is the hunter horse only spot. Yeah, like you really thought it was going to happen anyway? You know what it was? It wasn't even that I thought it was going to happen. I just remember having something similar to that going on when the horse came out. Because I, yeah. I just, I can't remember what JR said, but it fucking killed me. So this is Cino Battle Royale. It was a real fuster cluck, man. Yeah, <laughs> like I was saying about that, there are a few good spots though. Um, Max Caster, it wouldn't. <laughs> Man, when I heard the music hit, I was like, "Oh, we're playing it again tonight!" <laughs> like, don't let me down. Yo, hey, yo, Christian dusted off the cobwebs. He used to be cool, but only when he had an edge. Ayo, Seidel, you tripping? Climb to the top. I'ma catch your ass slipping. Ayo, Dustin. Yo, Dustin, look at me. Dustin, look at me. Yo, yo, yo. It's Dustin in the place, but you're so ugly. You should paint your whole face. You know I'm so great. Double or nothing, this is my showcase. Right side, right side, come on. Left side, left side, what up? And to the commentary team. And now scream! Not a good way to make a lot of friends, though, in a battle royal. I oh, love that guy's how- awesome. <laughs> I love that reference to Matt Seidel because he debuted as the Joker's wild card in the last Casino Battle Royale. 
Yeah, I love how he said that Christian lost his edge. Make that reference again. That is amazing. Because <laughs> I'd forgotten about that until he mentioned. It. I was like, "Oh yeah, he did bust his ass in the fucking last book." You know, I hate to say, it, but ever since he fell, that's all I think of when I see Mad Sidon. Every time I get, every time he goes up to the top rope, I get scared. I'm like, "Oh, there's Slip Sidon." That's because his <sighs> debut here was just slipping. What do we used to call him? We used to call him Relit Mad Sidon. Now we call him Slip Sidon. Yeah, you know, there wasn't even any cape hair involved. <laughs> yeah, then you got um, Matt Hardy's out there with his goons and he beats up the 10 guy on the ramp. We were at least he tries to, and then the 10 guy winds up kicking all their asses. They really put that guy over to beat up everybody, huh? Yeah, 10 don't fuck around. Brody said, I'll be damned if I'll figure his ass kicked. Yeah, he fucking threw them all around. They wound up looking stupid out there. But then, and then yeah, ironically, he's strong as shit. So I'm almost not surprised. And then I've, ironically, I believe five is ten. Never thought I'd say that, but he's the ten guy, tenth guy in there. And this whole crazy thing. Who's that '80s guy again that they have in there? One of those looks like a bearded '80s guy. He looks like that guy that Krillin fought in old Dragon Ball. <laughs> he's one of the guys from the factory. I keep forgetting his fucking name though. Yeah, he's from the generic factory, huh? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that guy. <laughs> Did he attack with a cowbell? He took something. He took Dustin's cowbell. Oh, yeah, because um, cause, cause when, uh, when Dustin Rhodes came out, he brought a cowbell with him. It was like fucking yeah, Tony Khan time travel to another era. He was like, you know, there's not enough jobbers in this era. Yeah, because those two have been going back and forth lately, which there will be this coming Friday, a bull rope match between those two. Yeah, and then they had uh, Bailey's ex out there, right? Aaron, Aaron, what's his name? Aaron Solo. I believe it's Solow, right? Um, they said they pronounced it solo, but I'm not sure it is. I think they did that by mistake, even though it's probably more, more accurate. Anyway, uh, we also had, uh, the Joker card, which I didn't know that you could even play a Joker card in this. Yeah, it's, uh, it's how they've been. I don't know if they did it every time, but it's how they usually have been, uh, debuting new wrestlers in, um, AEW. Mm hmm. Well, let's bring this up. I mean, you already know who it is. I was thinking for sure that this was Daniel Bryan or CM Punk. I am the man of the hour. Rush. Super talented. He's been waiting a while. One of the great high flyers. He's been wrestling with New Japan. And here he is. Good choice. You know, this is what they're good at. They, they know who to sign. Oh yeah. See, I knew it wasn't gonna. I, I knew it wasn't gonna be CM Punk because let's be real, that motherfucker ain't coming back to wrestling. But uh, <laughs> Daniel Bryan, I was like, ah, it's probably too soon. No, and we have probably just wants to chill for a little while. But but we haven't gotten to see really, really I, good, good Leo Rush since like back in Ring of Honor. You know, like when he came to NXT, they nerfed the shit out of him. God, they just turned him into a lastly bitch on the main roster. But but yeah, yeah the dude's is, been apparently from what I've been seeing the social media the guy's been on fire since he left yeah george was helping for hoping for andrade i don't know i mean i like andrade too but i think russian andrade's um wrestling omega for the triple a title so it's like it wouldn't be him that soon yeah plus somebody like that that's la sombra it's like like people forget they keep calling him andrade let's fucking la sombra that guy's not like the people act like they he's a fucking charity case that guy, you know that, what I mean? that, yeah, that guy would go back to freaking Mexico before anywhere else. Yeah, are you kidding me? You forget as, that, as that, much that like, they treat him like a god over there. 
Yeah, you guys forget that Andrade was the masked wrestler La Sombra that was ported here as a big deal, and that they unmasked him and gave him that fucking name. And I don't think that he's really going to be hurting for work. <laughs> you I know, hope he fine. Um, I believe, I think, because I know we posted a picture of him on the show before, I believe he's related to um, the original Pentagon. Oh, yeah? It's possible. I think, I, I want to say that's his uncle, I believe, if my memory is correct. Yeah, so he'll be fine. Oh, what yeah, else happens? Chris, Christian winds up eliminating Matt because first Matt's trying to convince him to work together because of the history and even commentary i believe jr was like he's working the gimmick brother <laughs> i do like that when um there was a moment where um, another suit was getting ready to be revealed and they they faced off and the crowd erupted mm-hmm. because yeah. i think that's the first time they've been in the ring together in god years yeah yeah definitely so i mean it was a moment matter of oh, fact yeah. let's bring that up on the screen here that was a moment worthy of a full He's working the gimmick, brother. <laughs> See, he's working the gimmick, brother. <laughs> Matt Hardy just got outsmarted. Every man got to work the gimmick, brother. For better or for worse, now we're down to two. And if it doesn't work out, then you got to work the gimmick harder. Face the AEW World Champion, whoever that may be. Not too long in the future. Come again. I, what I thought about it night when um, Matt Hardy first came out, this is the first fully packed crowd he's been at since he's been in AEW. Yeah, that's true. Every and he, unfortunately, empty arena, and now he's in front of a full packed crowd on paper. Yeah, isn't it a shame that Matt Hardy, you know, finally gets in front of a crowd when a crowd doesn't want to see him anymore? <laughs> Ain't that a bit? You know, like now that the gimmick and the momentum has worn off, and we're just rolling our eyes again. Here we are. Anything else about this? I don't even remember what the fuck. I mean, the winner of this was uh yeah we already talked about that. The winner of this none of you cared for. You don't you you're not from the nine hundred two one zero era, so you didn't give this man your support. No, I'm just trying to make you feel guilty. I'm really happy as Jungle Boy though. I think that they could push yeah, that, him far. That guy, he's been in AEW since he's one of those guys who's been in there since the beginning. Like if anybody earned it, that kid earned it. Yeah, absolutely. And um, the funny thing is, uh, the Jurassic Express came out. Out afterwards, Mark Marco's not even mentioned on his social media. Like, yeah, he was shoot crying when he hugged him. Yeah, very cool. So yeah, in two weeks he will uh challenge for the world championship. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, next up, we had Anthony Agogo being accompanied by Aaron Solo and Nick Comarado and QT Marshall against Homelander. You fucking beat me to it. You have that look too, right? Came out looking like a homeland. That's savage. He needs to start doing homelander stuff. Like try that would be a good gimmick for him, right? Like just be like this baby face Cody Road in public, but then he gets close to people, be like, look, I'm not fucking around. (laughs) Give him my fucking title shot. And he stays smiling and shit. (laughs) You're like, damn. Tony Khan, if you are listening, understand we just put fucking gold in your lap, sir. That was my scene in that. Remember when he went to that control room and the woman, like the security room, and she was like, I can't let you do that. He was like, I'm the fucking homelander. And she just looked surprised, like, oh, shit. That's a moment, you know? Like, imagine Steve Rogers if he did that, you know? Like, if he went into, like, a shield room and one of the people at the desk was like, I can't can't let you on here, sir. Look, get the fuck off the seat. You'd be like, oh, shit, Steve Rogers said that. God. I'll I'll never forget that scene as long as I live because he goes, I'm the fucking homelander. I'm like, you goddamn right, you're the fucking homelander. The fuck out of my seat! 
And I just remember for like a month and a half, every time somebody tried to tell me shit, like, bitch, I'm the fucking Homelander. And I was like, what? <laughs> I marked out for that scene so bad. I looked so fucking stupid and perfect in person, but it was worth it. This was the perfect time for a double turn. We could have had Homelander here. Fucking turn on Memorial Day. Oh, my God. The patriotic rage. He didn't use his Snoop entrance this time. That Snoop entrance isn't patriotic enough for him. There's nothing patriotic about marijuana. The son of a common man. That might be the line of the episode. Cody Rhodes, the American Dream. There's the Homelander. A damn homelander. Unbelievable. George said he should have dressed like Dusty. You know the only problem with that is that Tommy Dream has been wearing Dusty pants for so fucking long, it just lost its mark. Oh my god. These guys, man. <laughs> I just don't know where this fucking storyline came from, dude. That's the part that throws me off about it. Right. Anyway, 50% of you said homelander. 37% went with Anthony Agogo. And then 14% said DQ no contest. Finished being 50% of you correct with that vertebraker. Oh. Only thing I hate about is is they hold you up there. You know the way like everyone's given that like a different name. Like you had what was it? The cop killer, I believe, is what uh or the gringo killer. At one point it was the gringo killer. And at one point it was the cop killer with homicide, depending on what homicide area you're from. What did what did uh Hurricane call it? God, oh man, I can't remember what Hurricane called his. Yeah, neither can I. But he's just we we're going with the whole Patriotic Memorial Day thing. He should have called that shit the vaccine shot. Oh shit! <laughs> he hit him with his first vaccine shot. Oh my god! He kicked out. I can't believe it. It's like he's the second one. He's not going to kick out of that one. The problem is, is that then it's going to turn into like when you can create moves in the game. You got to hit him with it twice. Yeah, that's the whole thing. You gotta like, hit him with like it twice. He's, like he's going. The first one will be a false finish every time. He doesn't even go for the cover in this. He hits him with the first one, then he wastes an inconvenient amount of time, and then he picks him up and hits him with the second one. Oh my god! He hits him with the first <laughs> one, wastes two commercial breaks, and then hits him with the second. You gotta wait for that second shot. <laughs> anyway, he's the American dream. It wasn't very American dreamish. Yeah, I didn't feel as much of Dusty in this one. No, I felt more Homelander. <laughs> You know, oh. Agogo was very American. He hit the angle slam. Yeah, air frog. Well, I, I can't even say frog. well. Yeah, I can't even say a frog splash because that that would be it. Because when you look at I it, I do like that he did show more in this match. Like if I had to say anything, like I got to see what he could actually do. Oh, uh, yeah. They said he had nine operations in his left eye. Yeah, I mean, I like I, I like to say that's uncommon. Would boxers but eh. man that's Kano levels of work right like nine operations good lord and then ironically (laughs) they're emphasizing it that his left eye got nine operations in the meantime it's his right eye that got color he got the good eye he's not eye has no eyes like at Kill Bill 2 right (laughs) Kill Bill 2 I'm not going to show any highlights of this match. I, I didn't like the match. There wasn't really anything special, you know, that, that you guys haven't seen before in a match like this. Um, 
for all the hype that it was worth and the weigh-in and everything, everything surrounding the match was better than the match itself. Like, sure, the guy did okay, mm-hmm. but, you know, go back and click that shit if you want or buy it or whatever. Yeah, it just much. wasn't, you know, I'm just not going to show redundant stuff on here. We don't need that. Anyway, AWTNT title match. Miro defending against Lance Archer being accompanied by Jake Roberts. 65% of you saying Miro's going to retain. 35% saying Archer's going over. Finishes with the 65% of you, the Miro lock. Or is it even the Miro lock when he goes upside down like that? I don't know what that. It, it, was, a, it was an inverted game over. But that's why he's been, been tapping people lately. Yeah, I've seen him that he's been flipping it upside down, which it looks more painful. It's like, oh. Yeah, anyway, Archer and loses consciousness like, in that. It, it, it's an upgrade version of the move because, I mean, at this point, who doesn't know how to get out of camel clutch? Oh, but who knows how to get out of camel clutch when you're upside down? Yeah, and Archer loses consciousness in that. Um, Miro gets a spine buster through a table almost immediately at the start of this match. Um, <laughs> Jake has a snake, I apparently. Already know what you're <laughs> but he's too fucking old to even whip out his snake at the same speed he used to. I guess it's an age thing. I fucking knew you were going to say that. But this poor old man is having difficulty whipping out his snake. You know, he's fumbling with his buckle or his zipper or whatever the fuck's there. You know, like, he just can't that whip that snake out like he used to, man. You used to be able to pull that drawstring in one shot. What happened, Jake? This commercials where there's things you can order for that. As a matter of fact, Stacey and I were watching TV the other day. I wonder what show we were watching. And a commercial came on. And normally these things are all, like, for the man who wants to please his significant other. And uh, or, or or like you know, for for longer lasting stamina, all subtle ways. I fucking kid you not. This thing went. Stay hard, or your money back. <laughs> <laughs> and we both looked at each other. <laughs> we were like, it was late at night, so maybe it's just like because it's late at night, you're allowed like whatever. But yeah, you know, what it is? At, at a certain point, the commercials just stop giving this shit. Like the kids are long. Fucking, it fucking went in big letters on the screen. We both looked at it. She said, "Stay hard, hard or your money." And we were like, "Man, these things are usually like for the longer lasting man or the man who wants." To. And this shit just was like, "Stay hard or your money back." We're not playing Should around I write here. Down for Monday. <laughs> you may as well write. This isn't about. <laughs> this isn't about stamina. This is straight up about your dick. You're taking this for your dick. <laughs> You will touch the bottom of her brain. Fuck the stamina. <laughs> <laughs> this bitch will forget math. All right, fuck you. Like, <laughs> yeah. So Jake needs to take some of that. Stay hard on your money back, man. He couldn't whip that snake out. It looks so awkward too, fumbling with this bag. It's like it's tied with a string. Get that shit out. <laughs> so you, you know, the bad part about it is, I empathize with him in that moment because I've seen times where someone, some motherfucker, has tied the string too goddamn tight. And yeah, you can't right? see where the shit moves anymore. Just look like a little solid fucking ball. He's the pervert at the strip joint that wore sweatpants, but then was an idiot and, and tied the string too tight. Oh my gosh! Yes, yeah. this is even worse. Or or or, or, or he tried to do this shit with one hand and inadvertently tightened the fucking shit. Yeah, there you go. We got a real life moment. Right, that shit really happened before. Fucking terrible. Not the strip club part. It's sweatpants. Jake needs practice whipping <laughs> out his snake. Yeah, you. you <laughs> I'm so fucking mad in my, my brain because you gotta fucking do that shit like when people um turn around and point the gun at the fucking camera. You gotta point around. <laughs> it gotta be like that one Jack Nicholson movie. Be like, all right, first you can walk this flight of steps, and then you can start whipping out that snake again. 
He chucked the snake. Yo, I had the fucking wind. Who was it that killed killed Damien? Earthquake. I was you. You you beat me there. I was just about to say. I wonder if that hit kids the way the earthquake one hit me. Where it was like, wow, he killed him. (laughs) I had flashback. I was like, it happened again. Yeah, it was just like shit. You know, wrestling may be fake, but they didn't say we can't kill animals. You know what kills me about this? This (laughs) shot right here. The look of evil joy on his face, like, yeah, take that, Peter. Like, I remember thinking that a kid, like, oh, wow, poor Damien. Like, these fucking bastards went out into the woods, grabbed this snake, and said, we're going to use this one. Kill it. It's a nice gimmick. And now they said, we're going to use this one, throw it as far as you fucking can. That's how I wanted to come when he got Lucifer. It was like, this one's going to only last as long as the storyline. Once we're done, <laughs> got to kill him. You know, magic day. You know, fucked he up. He came back. He fucking put the shit on Ambrose, and he was just like, "It's a new and improved Damien." I'm like, "The fuck you mean they killed Damien?" You gotta ask yourself this question, and I think this is really important historical missed opportunity here. But if Jake was around during the Attitude Era, would his snake be one of those things that got thrown into the wood chippers? Remember, I'm gonna use them things used to get thrown into those, like Peppy got thrown into one. Chavo's pet, they, pet they thing. Lost him uh, him the snake. Moppy got thrown into a wood chipper, remember? <laughs> like, can you imagine you that? Exactly you know? what would have happened. I'm going to tell you exactly what would happen. Big Boss Man would have gifted him with a pair of snakeskin boots and come to find out they were Damien. Yeah, right? You would have had a character and that would have come. And then his ass with the boots. Yeah, you know. We would have been murdering snakes up in here. I swear to God, we need a fucking Big Boss Man appreciation now on this You would have probably had a character that eats snakes like in Metal Gear, just to just to put it over, you know? Angry would have started, would have started drinking snake blood instead of a... Yeah, right? Have have different moves. The snake end. The snake skin. Well, yeah, Miro throws the snake, allegedly. Obviously, he didn't. Otherwise, that, we'd have Pete all over the fucking place. Yeah, they ain't gonna do shit. Yeah, right? We'll be like, look, you already got, you already, uh, won with, uh, the other companies. We're not doing it here. Here we kill animals. Right. Say something. I fucking dig Remember they're going through all that trouble to get heat, and then they go and look into it, and they realize it's fake. It just worked them. You know what the bad part about it is? It's easy to do that, though, because Peter's that fucking stupid. Peter oh, went on okay. social media giving people shit for celebrating Steve Irwin's birthday. They're that dumb. Why? What does Steve Irwin have to do with them? Oh, Steve Irwin. Oh, I see. I was thinking, wow, they don't like, what are they like? They're now like family matters? I don't even remember there being pets in that shit. <laughs> oh, Steve Irwin. So they got mad at people for doing what? Celebrating his birthday. Why? Should he not have existed? Because you know he played with the animals and everything. Okay, and just like so. he glorified it. It's like, well, if you know, so he's not entitled to life. Right. How could you break the existence of a man who doesn't agree with our views? We call the Homelander. <laughs> yeah, right. Maybe you need a Homelander in this world. So pissed off at that shit. I was like, Yo, Steve Irwin, I can grow up with that motherfucker. When he died, I felt like I lost a family member. Fuck you, Peter. So Miro throw, throws uh, Archer also. He's not done throwing people here. This is all about throwing people. He he suplexes Archer into the crowd. That was fucking nuts. Oh, sight. Uh-oh. Sorry, Miro had lost sight. Oh, my God. Oh, that belly-to-belly suplex over the rail. And fans uh, there on the front row got a nice uh, wrestling experience. 
Doesn't pay to be in the front row today. It was scary to be in that fucking front row. You got 3D experience. You got 4D. Fuck that shit. Yeah, who wants to put up with that shit, right? What else happened? What else? I mean, that was pretty much it. That's the long and short of the highlights of the match, yeah. unless there's anything else that you can really think of that you wanted to talk about. I mean, the match kind of flew by, honestly. I mean, it was fun for what it was, but yeah, those, those were definitely the two highlights. Him getting tossed into the crowd and fucking throwing the snake. So then what happens tomorrow? Lance Archer will go back to being heel? Oh, God, who knows? <laughs> they can't make up their damn mind with that shit. I don't know. All right, next up, AEW Women's World Title Match. Hikaru Shida defending her championship against Dr. Britt Baker, DMD, being accompanied by Reba, also known as Rebel. 76% her, of you. And her bedazzled crutch. Yeah, and her crutch. 76% of you saying Britt Baker is going to take it this time. 24% of you saying Shida is going to successfully defend her championship. Finish being Britt with the lockjaw. And brutal match. Lockjaw Tamasha, Tamashi attempts right off the bat. Uh, you got Sheeta diving crossbody on the outside. They wind up taking out Britt and Reba. Reba fucks up, whacking Britt with the fucking crutch. I gasped because I know how mad she gets. I was like, oh, God. Oh, God. You're right. That's just scared me. I was like, oh, no. Yeah, right. <laughs> like, I really felt for her when that happened, man. Like, good God. He broke the stretch no. muffler. She did. Sheeta can't allow her temper to get the better of her, her here tonight. Oh, oh, misfire. A miss on the count. Two. This is gonna oh. Rebel. oh, my God. Rebel, Rebel, Rebel. She's in trouble, man. Yeah, I thought that shit I was like, oh, shit, that's going to cost you, girl. It still might. This could be one of those storylines where she won the title and then tomorrow or, or next Friday at the celebration, she's like, but you know what? There's one thing. You hit me with a fucking grunt. He takes her out. Wouldn't be unheard of for the champion to then take out their sidekick. As a matter of fact, it happens a lot. <laughs> you know, it almost always happens. Yeah, it happens. Yeah, right. Most of the time without anything like that. Like Alex Riley just got his ass kicked by Miz eventually. Remember that? Or actually, Miz actually was one of the case. Alex Riley kicked his ass. Well, you know, that the, eventually you're, you're goon. That might be it for Rebel. Maybe she turns babyface and punches her. So this Rebel, not Reba. And then we have to call her Rebel. Even I'll call her Reba. Uh... But yeah, that was crazy. That was really crazy. But Reba has that distraction. Brute with the super kick, baby. And the blackout onto the belt for a false finish as well. So I but thought that was really cool. Uh, immediately gets her in the lockjaw. Because, I mean, you fucking get curved off onto a gold belt. You're not exactly going to be all there for the first few seconds. Yeah, exactly. All right. Well, that brings us to the tag team match of Ethan Page and Scorpio Sky against Darby Allen and Sting. With 70% of you thinking that Darby Allen and Sting are going to be going over here and Ethan Page and Scorpio Sky with 30% finish being the Scorpion Death Drop. And not just any story, the Scorpion Death Drop. Uh, Sky goes for that twisting cutter he does from the apron to the inside of the ring. Sting grabs onto the rope, catches him, and then Scorpion Death Drops him. Mm-hmm. And even before the match gets started here, Sting gets ambushed and he winds up taking a beating and a bump that he almost practically no-sells. He can't take this. Are you kidding me? Oh, wait, he, Scorpio's. Oh, oh my God. God. God almighty. Hey, the, he popped back up. He popped back up. Sting's trying to Sting back up. The adrenaline must be overwhelming to him. And Scorpio's guy feels something. Soon he will see something that he doesn't want to face. And yeah, he gets tossed away there. Scorpio Sky. 
And now the icon. Oh my God! Diving. You got to see him look at that though, diving cross body. Good for him, right? Yes, they were moving it for, for his age. His yeah, we thought no, he didn't break apart like WWE predicted would happen to him. Uh, but then again, when you actually let the guy compete and don't just job the Triple H because we won the war, you'd be amazed if shit could actually happen. So that was Darby's brothers that were out there? Yes, those were Darby's uh, two brothers. Yeah, I, I saw that spot, man. And I have to say, they threw Darby out there onto them. And I was thinking, that has to be one of the hardest times he's ever been thrown at his brothers. <laughs> <laughs> You know, like man, <laughs> it's so funny because like um, with a lot of wrestlers, I follow Darby on social medias. Yeah, they, they they do crazy shit like that all the time. So they were definitely more than willing to have their brother thrown through the fucking sky at them. Mm-hmm. And Sting, man, that was a beautiful cold roll that he hit on. <laughs> <laughs> you know, there wasn't there wasn't much air in that code, right? Right, he had a cold roll. Yeah, he had to cold roll it. So, you know, sometimes you got to cold roll it. Right? I've seen sunset flips with more air on that shit. <laughs> <laughs> that shit looked like in Hook when the fat guy and the other lost boy just roll. <laughs> <laughs> oh, don't you make fun of that man? His cold roll. All right. Some of us can't fucking cold roll. <sighs> yeah, Scorpio oh. Sky kept himself out of most offense during it. I said, like, Ethan ate a lot of it. You know, hashtag Sky Lives Matter. Because that motherfucker <sighs> looked out for himself. He made sure he's like, Look, I'm a veteran here. You're going to go and take care of this. Motherfucker, you just came from Impact. By default, you are the way from Boy. Did the commentary say that Darby Allen got thrown down 10 flights of steps? Mm-hmm. I thought I heard that too. Like Aunt Bunny? Like, oh, Lord, Jesus Christ, I'm halfway down now, Lord. Mushu. Like, what the fuck? Ten flights of steps? <laughs> I don't think that's accurate. I almost feel like in some cases you could just exaggerate the kind of bullshit that happens to Darby and everybody might believe you. I think it was a flight, but they're like, no, he went down. Oh, Lord, Jesus, Lord, help me, Lord, I'm falling off. Stop. <laughs> I'm halfway down now, Lord. Like what the fuck? <laughs> it was like, wait a minute. I don't think that's correct. And then another thing I found commentary, first of all, Excalibur is a nightmare. They're having a story out there and they're like talking about Sting and Darby and they keep putting over how they're this unlikely friendship. Like this is unlikely friendship. Like, yeah, you know, out of everyone who could have been friends with fucking Sting. Darby is the most unlikely. Like, like if they, if if suddenly someone jumped Hornswoggle and Sting came flying down, or vice versa, it would That'd surprise the shit. It would surprise the shit out of us. We'd be like, "Oh wow, did you see when Sting got jumped and Hornswoggle came from the rafters?" Yeah. We'd be like, "Whoa, Hornswoggle! It's like twice as high for him," you know. <laughs> but anyway, that's surprising. Not these say that. I think I saw a post earlier that um, I guess Sting was interviewed about the thing with Darby. He basically said Darby's in a way how he feels like the crow, the crow, his old crow gimmick was. Yeah, well, of course it fits perfectly. So like he see, yeah, it's like it makes sense. Like it's so similar. Of course it makes sense, and they're like this unlikely friendship. 
like if there was any two people that'd be friends in the locker room, I expect these fucking two. Like out of all the unlikely friendships that I've seen over years of being fans of shit, you know? Peter Parker and Wade Wilson was an unlikely friendship. One of them's really nice and polite, and the other one laughs if he cuts you in fucking half. And you'd be like, these two dudes don't really look like they'd get along. Different philosophical no. views. Oh, shit. One will web you upside down on the stoplight and call the cops. The other one will put a fucking sword through your face. This is an unlikely friendship. <laughs> you know? <laughs> but no, this is fine. It's a good friendship. Yeah, one thing I do like that um, I've noticed Darby only does it in certain times, and it works so well because Darby's in-ring taunt is running straight to the turnbuckle. When he gets in the ring and cracks off that suicide diet immediately. He has to be careful with that, man. It's so easy for him to sneak it in, though, just because we see him run up to the turnbuckle and just parade to the crowd. If you just see him running, you don't know fucking what direction he's going to. It's too late. It's literally almost a true suicide dive. You know? Every time Darby does it, like his, his life is death. Yeah, really. Because Darby just literally hucks his body through the fucking middle and top rope and just lets gravity handle the rest. He just puts his full trust in that shit, man. That's not always a good move, you know. Yeah. Very, very bad. Anyway, this brings us to the AEW World Title Three Way Match: Kenny Omega defending his championship against Orange Cassidy and Pac. 44% of you saying Kenny Omega is going to retain. 33% of you saying Pac's going to upset. 22% of you saying Cass. Orange Cassidy walking away with this. Finish being with the 44% of you. Aubrey runs in after a bunch of chaos, which we're going to get into. She's going to do the ref is out at this point. She's going to do a count for Orange. But at the last minute of this count, right at the two, Omega counters that into a crucifix pin. So she winds up counting for him. Good thing Aubrey was there at the nick of time. <laughs> You know, <laughs> wasn't there for any other point, but a good thing right right in time to fuck him up. Like there's a whole bunch of mayhem and carnage that happened all with no supervision leading up to this. But you got there just in time. The yeah, there we go. Perfect. Good timing. Aubrey. She was there right for the perfect. Like, like, good. I know it's not a fault, but damn, you know, uh, I did like the part where uh, there was a pin where Omega is bridging up on Pac. And yeah, I mean, on Cassidy, on him, and, him and Cassidy were doing that exchange. And I like it because he caught him as he was starting to come up. Mm-hmm. And then Pac they winds up hitting them with the, the uh, in the 450. Very good timing on that. Um, there was a Snapdragon party on Cassidy's uh, freaking face, essentially, followed by a V trigger on him. Then an attempt on on um, after that was countered and Orange using uh, his pockets to block the Snapdragon. <laughs> from so the top funny. and he winds up just uh Pac winds up it turns into almost a tower of doom situation and Pac winds up hitting it on just omega uh of course omega with that nice tiger driver 98 and also i just and wanted to point out the terminator for the first time in a little while mm-hmm. this is the second time i've seen omega use that smart contingency plan where if someone's going to counter the one-winged angel by sliding down his front He'll essentially transition, lock his arms around their waist from the electric chair position, and then bring them into a German suplex. That's pretty cool. I, I, yeah, I've seen that a couple. Like, I'm sure he's done it more than that, but I think that's really cool because it almost makes you skeptical about getting out of the one wing danger because it might just lead to the German. That's that's a cool little thing. And, to have and there. since it's such a high angle one, and you're already up in the air, there's literally nothing you can do about it. You know, good psychology in this match too. 
because that was literally foreshadowing because okay so i go for he goes for the one-winged angel i slide down he locks my waist i get hit with a fucking german so what does Pac do second time he's in fireman i mean he's in electric chair position uh when this guy's going for the one-winged angel this time he decides to to stay on his back instead of going on his front since the german's gonna get gonna be waiting there and he transitions into the brutalizer yeah, which so is I thought that was cool. Exactly how he beat him the last time he won Ransom. Right. So I, that's like, well, again, this is good psychology here. It's the way he won last time. And the reason he hit this is because now he knows when you slide down the front from the electric chair, he's going to German you. If you stay on top of him, he's going to one wing name you. The only thing you can do is go down the back, which is where you would need to lock in the brutalizer from anyway. So I do like how over time and, you know, based on the previous match and everything else, this was built into that. And then. The storytelling gets even better. He actually laughed and popped because now essentially what happens is because of because he's in the because of the entire situation with him later on, Kenny Omega gets forced to take out the ref. Yeah, because uh, because Pac had Cassidy in the brutalizer mm-hmm. and he refuses no to break it. And he wouldn't and let it go. And I'm thinking of my, it's funny because he caught me off guard because I was thinking this was going to be one of those things where I'm like, is he going to grab his hand and not let him tap or something, some shit like that? Like, he's going to do something here. And I was like, fuck it, I'll just, I'll fucking take the ref out there. You know, so I thought that was great. Brother Champion. Oh! <laughs> there, now I don't have to worry about him. Referee Bryce Rinsberg. We're all right there in the spot. Yeah, he got so much insta heat for doing that. What killed me is I love that, um, I believe it was Omega about to hit him with a V trigger. <laughs> and fucking, we've always seen that little defiant last moment of glory spot. Fucking Cassidy just puts his hands in his pockets. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Shit, fucking, oh, I laughed so much. And then hard. collapses. And then just collapses. He hit the goddamn lazy kicks. It got low blowed. I popped so hard for the lazy kicks. He needs to not do that, though, in a match like this, man. Don't do no fucking lazy kicks against Kenny Omega <laughs> in the middle of a triple threat title match on a pay-per-view. Like, I get the humor and everything, but are you crazy? Like, they can't do I that. Like they that have to, to be a limit. Just to pop the crowd. Like. You know, I did like this dive, though. And Orange Cassidy. Look at the hands in the pockets. Up to his feet. Look at the motherfucker rolled and over Orange, his feet. Off here. He could do it right now. Yeah, that's some fantastic movement. At this point in time. Yeah, solid like, I stuff. Give a fuck. I don't give a fuck what Cornette says about that kid. He, if you can't do that shit, you won't get talked it. Mm-hmm. Fucking madness. And then from there, we get something really interesting because there's a big announcement that happens, and we wind up with Mark Henry joining AEW. Yeah, he will be a coach, and I believe... On TNT and on Rampage, the world's strongest man, Mark Henry. He is a Hall of Famer, and what a gift he will be to AEW. The fans are standing, a standing ovation. And holy shit, he is the man. A man that I know very, very well. The world's strongest man. So is this where he was coming for a comeback match? When we were talking about that last last Monday? I wonder if he was just swerving everybody with the comeback match concept. No, because why would he have lost all that weight otherwise? Hey, maybe he's want to get in good bear shape. It'd be a waste if the comeback match was a work. I don't think that it is. I think they'd let him work here, you know? I mean, yeah, they definitely let him if he if he wants to, so Yeah, so now Mark Henry. We got Mark Henry big show. Like we're getting getting busy here. Right. I don't know. 
All right. I, I kind of wish he had the salmon suit on. Every time I see him, I wish he had the salmon suit on, but that's just me. This brings us to the main event, the stadium stampede match. The inner circles, Chris Jericho, Jake Hager, Ortiz, Santana, and Sammy Guevara against the Pinnacles, Cash Wheeler, Dax Hardwood, Sean Spears, Wardlow, and MJF, of course, being accompanied by Tully Blanchard. 66% of you saying the inner circle are going to stay together and go over. 34% of you saying the pinnacle is going to go with the upset and we're going to lose the inner circle. Finish being Guevara in the ring after a series of things we're going to go over. 630 on Sean Spears. I like that Guevara was the one who got the pin, considering how things started with this whole inner circle pinnacle thing with MJF. And then the fact that he was the one who was made to say we quit in blood and guts. It was almost kind of fitting that he was the one that got the pin. And he's the most developed character in the inner circle next to Chris Jericho. You know, oh, he had yeah, the most course. build, the most conflict and everything like that. You know, there'd be the most interest in that happening. I didn't and know his I, how is gravity defined. Yeah. Yeah. Well, all of I, his stuff. Like the level of control that I see in that move. It's ridiculous. Yeah. No, all of his stuff is, is really freaking gravity defying. That being said, the inner circle once again outdo themselves with their entrance. Um, I believe they have it here. Awesome. It's kind of funny. I've forgotten that that stadium was literally They're right behind the scoreboard. And their opponents, Sammy Guevara, Santana, Ortiz, Jake Hager, and Chris Jericho. Inner circle. Wow. Can we say this the most dramatic entrance we've ever seen? This dot, I got to. What was? I know. <laughs> Very cool. That is awesome. So this had all kinds of things going on. And you had the backstage fight with Jericho and MJF where they he used allegedly hot coffee. I don't know how coffee that's sitting there would still be hot, but sure, we'll go with it. Jericho has a megaphone. He screams in MJF's ear. There's pants. He slaps freaking MJF across the face with a with a wet floor sign. Um they enter basically that coach's room. It's the freaking uh, Jacksonville Jaguars coach room with none other than than head coach Urban Meyer. And who was the other guy with him? His name was, I believe, Charlie Strong, was it? I could be wrong. I think on that it was one, Charlie Strong. It's so funny because when I glanced at it, my first thought was, damn, Virgil, Virgil gained weight. But then I was like, no, no that's not Virgil. Virgil. <laughs> <laughs> I swear to God, he looked like, if you, if you just like glance at him quickly, he looks like fat Virgil. Wow, man. <laughs> It was fucking terrible. I love, though, that he hit him with the cardboard cutout of uh, Tony's father. Yeah, yeah. That was funny. Look at him. He looks like fat Virgil when you play that. Look at him. He throws him footballs to throw at MJF. I love that just like last year, even though it wasn't as much comedy, they still did stuff to make commentary laugh. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Letting them use a football on a laptop. 100% of the time, which I don't mind, but they still had stuff where you got to chuckle every now and then. Yeah. This is followed by more rookie commentary from Excalibur because they're trying to put the match over, which is going really good. We're watching Hager and Wardlow at this point. And I believe it might have been Shivani or JR, one of the two that goes, has anyone ever handled Hager like that? And then Excalibur goes, Wardlow, the last time they met. The, an- the yeah, answer that's, is, that's 
The answer is no, Geek. There was awkward silence after that, but no, the answer is no, Geek. He's never been handled like this before, you fucking Mark. Like, we're trying to put this match over. Has he ever been handled like this before? No, this is incredible. Not, yeah, the last time he met. Now whoever's watching this that hasn't seen this is thinking, oh, they met before, so this is something that happens regularly. This isn't that special. And they'll, they'll ask you, your relative who came to visit for fucking more, they're, oh, they fought before? What the fuck are you doing? They've never been handled like this before. He didn't ask when the fuck the last time was they met or tweeted each other or liked the Facebook post. He asked when the last time he's been handled like that. He took them and picked them up and started fucking throwing them around. When's the last time they handled like that? Answer should be never because this is an important pay-per-view. Not the last fucking time they met on a weekly show. They need to put a mask over his mouth. People in the chat room, they were complaining about him today. And like, yeah, they were like oh, just... you know, his voice annoys me. And I was like, listen, as somebody who's done things with microphone and audio for seven years there's like a tone in a man's voice you can hear when he's not getting pussy (laughs) and i'm not gonna just point fingers but i'm just gonna just put that piece of information out there handle it as you will excalibur is not plunging a sword anywhere people okay (laughs) nobody's pulling a sword from stone or nothing I see what you did there. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I've, I've never... You, you guys, I was, at one point, some of you guys were like, oh, pro. I'm like, no, man. This is like fucking sounds absurd out there. It's silly. I don't care. You guys are very offended when you don't tell them the fucking truth. I'm telling the truth. Oh, God. Guevara versus Sean Spears remains one of the most interesting things about this. They wind up in like what would be considered like a chair arena almost. It's a room filled to the top with shelves, chairs, and everything like that. They're battling in there. They're having a chair battle. Um, that was pretty cool. In the meantime, you got FTR who are with Santana and Ortiz and they beat up a bunch of people in a bar, random people who are just the tenders in a bar until they eventually meet each other at like a table. And they have what I guess will be considered like a freaking bar fight here, which I'm going to bring you guys a clip of. With a DJ. Yeah. Special cameo from a DJ here. Tully Blanchard. Tully Blanchard looking like he walked out of the bookhouse stampede in 1986. (laughs) <laughs> Roger the scene for the quiet man <laughs> Yeah, Conan Conan, what I my god so hard He's the first of all, I told you he was feeling a lot better Yeah, yeah, I'm glad to see him healthy And I mean, they alluded to it as well The first time since TNA that he, Santana, and Ortiz have been in the same place because uh, Santana Ortiz, as many people know, were the last variation of LAX that was in TNA. Mm-hmm. And and also, uh, Tully tries to interfere here, but Conan stops Tully because he's not going to let his, his freaking LAX boys take that bump like that. Right. Hager choke slams Wardlow off of the golf cart through, a, through basically some wood that they have set up, like a wooden plank, essentially, on the outside during their little confrontation. Jericho, at one point, he staples mjf's head i know they must have done some sort of a gimmick staple here or work thing but they did have a good spot here where he staples his head oh oh my god you're welcome (laughs) jr right you're welcome yeah mj jericho meanwhile he winds up getting a hold of floyd who's waiting in in that locker right there I guess he somehow knew that this fight was going to lead to the specific conference room and that he'd have Floyd waiting when he got here. The randomness of it all. I heard the ping and everything. I was like, oh, shit. Yeah, and then he winds up giving him the barbershop window treatment. 
You know, he Marty Janetti's him right through the glass. You fucking get get out of my head! You read my mouth. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, pretty much aside from that, you get Sammy versus uh Sean Spears in the ring, which they after their little finale of things that leads to the finish. So yeah, and then as a really cool detail, as they're celebrating Jericho's music uh, fades away for the first time in what better part of a year. We get a full crowd singing Judas. Mm-hmm. What a night for wrestling fans. Back together again, seeing this. Hell of a scene, guys. Yeah, no doubt about it, Tony. I can't wait till Friday night. We have to do this again. Well, there you have it. Yo, Sammy was jacked the fuck up. Yeah, that was really cool to go off the air with them. They turned out to be the best baby faces in the company besides they get the Dark Order. You know know what I liked about that finish, though? It ended in front of the people. Yeah, Yeah, definitely. It was a stadium stampede, and they followed a football stadium, but because they had a full-blown crowd, it was proper to end it in front of all of them. Yes, definitely. Because they weren't here when this happened last. And it's like, now everybody's here. No, we're going to take it back in front of all of them. Mm-hmm. So overall, I'm going to say, I'm going to go right and pull the trigger. And I'm going to say this was a very good pay-per-view. You know? Yeah. It had its yeah, spots, unfortunately. But it overall was a good show. And it, it started good and it ended fantastic. Yeah. Again, we're critical because we care. The weekly shows still have a lot of work. But we said they still bring it with the pay-per-views. And we're not going to ever discredit when something's as good as this was. This had more pros than cons. I think all of the matches did well. They told really good stories. It was compelling. Very balanced. The pacing of the show, not too long, not too short, not too many breaks. Nothing overstayed is welcome. You know, they, it's, like they, it's almost like there's a different thing here. You know what? I was, I was thinking about it, man. And I really feel like when, when they first started pay-per-views with the all-in and shit, Whoever was in charge then, they need to simplify this and go back to those days. Now that the crowds are back, let's have a soft reboot. Start back with, remember how big those pay-per-views felt? Oh, yeah. You know, because this was still good. It still didn't have that all-in feeling or that all-out when they first started. They need to get back to that tight booking that they were doing then, where it felt like a fucking Ring of Honor final battle back when they were at their best. You know what I mean? Or a Wrestle Kingdom. I feel like this was big. This was good, and it's a, it's a good start. They got to keep in this direction, though. You know? Oh, yeah. All right. Well, this has been very cool, right? We're pretty much done, right? Oh, we are finished. Fantastic. That being said, thank you. And do not forget, tomorrow night, we come back for the flagship show. We're going to be doing our Monday night immediately following Raw, 11.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Twitch, as well as on Facebook, as well as on the regular website on the .com. We will be live once again, and we'll be covering everything that we didn't cover tonight in regards to the week of wrestling, including Tony Khan's uh, shoot against WWE and New Japan's relationship, as well as a bunch of other stories that have hit the news, some more releases that have come up, believe it or not. So there'll be reason to tune in to the main show then. And also, thank you to everybody who's been in our live room, including our regulars, Willie V2, Stasis Dreams, EB Gamer, Cool Ice, Seb, George Z, Killer Quest, as well as everybody listening on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, SoundCloud, iHeartRadio, Podcast Addict, and the various other platforms. 
This has been wonderful. And once again, don't forget tomorrow night, guys. Ladies and gentlemen, you have been listening to Talk Brunch Live, episode 459. This has been your AEW Double or Nothing 2021 post show hosted by yours truly, Rick Dara, a.k.a. Captain Brunch. For myself and my co-host, Destin Soglow Frazier, we're out of here. Close the fucking show. Oh, man. Shut it down.